0: morning everybody oh everyone's ready all right we've got child dedications today who's excited for that i am so the sermon today has got a bit of a parental slant to it so sorry not sorry um i've got a question for all the parents in the room when did you realize that you were old Because you go from being a young parent, and you, gotta, you can maybe go to young adults as well, you can swing it. But when did you realise, you go, you know what, I'm not a young parent anymore, I'm just a parent. It happened for me on Thursday. <laughs> I thought I was hip, I thought I was with it. The fact that I'm saying those things means I'm clearly not. <laughs> but on Thursday, uh, so we have our, our youth trainee Kate, she's in the office. And, um, and she was, we we're talking about just life and things that happen in life. And uh, Steph comes into the office as well, and we're listening to Kate talk about her life. And Steph goes, wasn't it easier in the 90s? Wasn't life just so much simpler in the 90s? And I'm like, yes, yes, it was. And you might be thinking a similar thing, but 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, you know, who knows, right? Life was simpler when you were a child. And we started talking about it, and we talked about that life was simple because, you know, When you went on holiday, like school holiday, you didn't see your friends until you went back to school, right? There was no social media, you weren't, you know, I lived out of town, so I didn't go hang out with my friends, I was, you know, once I was holidays, it was like Christmas holidays, I wasn't seeing anyone until the new year, you know? Um, Social media wasn't a thing, there were five channels on TV, some of you were going, wow, five? Like we had two or three or, you know, but when I was young, it was SBS, ABC, 7, 9 and 10, that was it, that's what you got a choice out of. Um and I realized when I was thinking about this and I'm feeling old because Kate's just not in that space whatsoever. Um I'm thinking to myself, "Man, I'm so old." But all the reasons I'm thinking for me being old are based around the things I did as a child and the hopes and the dreams that I had as a child for who I'd become as an adult and as a parent and as a Christian. Right? I remember my brothers and sisters and I'm one of seven children, big Greek family, two sets of twins. I always tell my mum that she cheated to get to number seven. And uh, she's like, trust me, it is not cheating (laughs) to have two sets of twins. Uh, But I remember we were all sitting down one day and we were talking about the future, My, my brothers and sisters and I. And we're talking about the things we wanted to do. And at this stage, we were all Christians. We were all going to church. And we were talking about the amazing things God could do with our lives. And some of us might be missionaries and some of us might be pastors and some of us might be this and that. And we had all these grand ideas about what life could look like. Fast forward to 2023, out of seven children, four are following Jesus, two aren't, two live on the other side of the world and one's in eternity. We wouldn't have planned that. We, we had no idea that's what life was going to be for us. In fact, the how things turned out are drastically different to how we wanted life to go and very different to how our parents wanted life to go for us. And that's because life... Can be a raging sea. It's unrelenting. It's always changing. It's dangerous. It's unpredictable. There are storms. There are waves. There's weather. There is danger. And you know what? We do our best to navigate life, don't we? But we never know what tomorrow is going to hold. None of us know the future. We don't know what's going to look like. And the past few years, through the COVID years, we've learned how quickly life can change on a global scale. And we see in maybe five years ago, ten years ago, how much culture and even Christian culture has changed through the years. Life is so unpredictable, so unsure, ever-changing. And everything we know can be tossed about and we try to find our bearings, we try to find something to hold on to that is stable, that is, that is true, that, that anchor for our lives. And when I think of this view of unpredictability of life and I look at my childhood and how different things turned out to what I thought they would, my mind is naturally drawn to my own children. What's what's their life going to be? Are they going to make healthy choices? Are they going to make good decisions? What will they do for a living? Where will they end up? What will their health be like? Will they be safe? And the most paramount question on my mind is will they follow Jesus? I hope so. And maybe you're the same. Maybe you're thinking that same thing for your children. I hope they're safe. I hope they make good choices, healthy choices, and they follow Jesus. I pray they follow the King, but here's the thing, guys. We just don't know. None of us do. I don't, you don't. We don't know. So in a world that's so unrelenting and unsure and ever-changing, what is the anchor for us? How can we find something in that ocean, in that sea where we're getting hit by waves and everything's changing to go, I know that when I grab this, it's going to be the same. It's going to be reliable, it's going to be consistent, and it's going to be constant. What is that? And I know everyone inside is like, oh, it's Jesus. Well, it is, (laughs) definitely. But I think a bit more pointed for what we're talking about today, it's this. It's that Jesus is in passionate pursuit of you and your children, a passionate pursuit for you and your children. I'm not making this up. This is from Luke 15. We see a scene where Jesus is sitting with, and the scripture says, notorious sinners, People who are known for their sin, people who have chosen to be far from God, people who who you wouldn't look at and go, they've got a really good relationship with God. These are not those people, they're they're prostitutes, they're tax collectors, they're sinners, they are the scum of the world and Jesus is sitting with them. He's giving his time to them, he's passionate about them, he loves them. And the religious leaders of the day were scoffing amongst themselves that how dare Jesus sit with these people. And this is Jesus' response in Luke 15. He says, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. In the same way there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. One of the things I love about this piece of scripture is nowhere in there does it describe why the sheep left or how the sheep left. Because it's not important to what the story is trying to say. What Jesus is trying to communicate to these religious leaders. It doesn't matter why this distance exists between the shepherd and the sheep. What Jesus is trying to communicate in this space is, whatever it takes, I will chase that lost sheep. I will go after the one that is far from me because I love them and I want them and I value them. has everything to do with Jesus. Jesus is saying we are never too broken, never too sinful, never too anxious, never too disobedient, never too far to be passionately pursued by the King of Kings. Amen? If you're here this morning and your kids are making unhealthy choices... If you're here this morning and your kids, you don't know if they're going to follow Jesus, and maybe that's a concern for you. It's a worry for you. I hope they make good choices. I hope they're healthy. I hope they stay safe. Their future is so uncertain. Then listen to what Jesus is saying. Is that in midst the raging sea and the heartache of uncertainty, Jesus is certain? Jesus is consistent. Jesus is constant. Always in pursuit of you and your children. Because he wants them and he loves them. The crazy thing is, is Jesus knows what's best for your children more than you know. Jesus is invested in the future of your children more than you. Jesus loves your children more than you. And that sounds scandalous. Well, I'm a parent. How... What I love my children unconditionally. I would die for them. Yeah, that's a reflection of the Father. Jesus loves your children even more than you do. And we see this example of God's love for our children and us and our children here. John 17, Jesus is praying to the Father and he says, I'm in them. That's the people, that's you and I as well. This transcends time. I'm in them, you and I, and you are in me, Father. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Did you catch that? Is that not scandalous? Jesus is praying to the Father and and saying, God, you love these people as much as me. God loves you and I and your children. He's invested in your children and their future and their safety and their souls and their eternity more than you because God loves them as much as he loves Jesus. That's so scandalous. I can tell you now, I love my children beyond anything. And I tell you now, like if, if you're walking down the road with one of my children and there's a car coming and I get to save one of you, say hi to Jesus because I'm saving my son. And you would all do the same, and you should. What God's saying is, is, I love them equally. That's how much God loves you and your children. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying don't do anything. I'm not saying that your parenting has to be passive. You don't just sit back and go, all right, God's going to parent my children for me because he loves them more than I do. Absolutely, we, we, we invest into our children. We guide them. We instruct them, we help them grow, we nurture them, we love them unconditionally, absolutely. But we've got to understand that when it comes to their their future and their eternity, there is no one we can trust more with our children than God in heaven. This is the God who spoke everything into existence. He holds the ocean in his hands, the stars were breathed from his mouth. This is God in heaven. He is reliable. What he says he will do, he does. Let me show you how reliable God is. Hebrews 6, 18 to 19. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. We have hope in Jesus. And if we put our faith in Jesus, then we can have reconciliation with the Father, community with the Father, face-to-face, intimate moments with God. We are no longer enemies of God, but we are family. And that's not just you, but that's our children can have that as well. And we need to trust amidst our parenting and amidst our guidance and amidst our love that God the Father is pursuing our children with love. That's what he wants. He wants our children to know him, to be in relationship with him. Some of you are sitting here going, you know what, I have adult children And you know what? They're not making healthy choices. I don't know if they're following Jesus or maybe they're not following Jesus. And you might be sitting here going, you know what? I missed my opportunity. I missed the baby dedication. I missed the child dedication. I wish I dedicated my child. Do it now. Do it now. Dedication is merely a posture of trust in God. When we dedicate our children, we're not saying they will be saved. We're not saying that we know their future. What we're saying is, God, I trust you. Do it now. And I, I don't want to let this opportunity go by. Because we are going to dedicate some children today. And we're talking a lot about our children. But maybe you're sitting here and you that's you. Maybe it's not children. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you know what? I'm in that raging sea. I don't know what's coming at me tomorrow. I don't know what my life's going to look like. I'm so out of control. Is Jesus pursuing me like he pursues children? Does Jesus want me that much? Is he unconditionally loving me and he wants me to be in a relationship with him and the Father? Is that me? Absolutely, that's you. And let me encourage you, when this is all said and done, when the service closes today, I'll be down the front. Danny will be down the front. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. We would love to introduce you to a king who would die for you, who loves you unconditionally. So for us and our children, the healing, care, love, guidance, future eternity we can't trust in things that we see around us let's trust in the anchor that is jesus let us have that posture of trust that's what dedicating it is all about this posture of trust for our children that jesus loves them more than i do knows what's best for them and is way more capable than me and you to look after them amen Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you're a God that loves us and is close to us. You're not distant. You're not far. You're not in some ethereal imagination, God. But you are close. You are intimate. You pursue us. You want community. You want relationship. You want us in your family. Not just us, but also our children, God. Help us to trust you. Help us to remember who you are. And that you're in control. Of the future, and that amidst the raging sea, we can find an anchor in you. In your name we pray. Amen.